naturally, how do you think God is going to encounter Jacob? Through wrestling. Let's pick up at verse 22. Then he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at some little small detail that I don't want us to, to glance over. Who engaged who in this wrestling match? Look closely. And a man wrestled with him. Now, some of you, your translations, as mine does, has man with a capital M indicating what? This, this is divine, that this is Christ. This is who, that's who this is. But that person is who? He came and wrestled with the man. What is that suggesting? It's suggesting that Christ, the man, who appears here and wrestles with Jacob, is in the offense position. And Jacob is in what? Defense. In other words, Jacob is the one who has always wanted to supplant the other. He wants the reversal. He wants to take over. But this man has come and is wrestling with him. God wrestled with Jacob. Now, why is that important? Well, one, Jacob is in the defense role. That's his typical role, right? Because he's the one that wants to re the reversal. He's the one that has to escape. But the goal of wrestling is to bring the other person into submission. Cheryl and I have a, uh, a Great Dane. Ooh, that's a big dog. And we're, we're taught when you have a big dog like that, that when they're a puppy, that you, you teach it some submission by pinning it on its back and holding it there until its paws go limp. And then it knows you're alpha male. It knows that you're the dominant one. So when, you know, because when that dog gets much bigger and uh, can think otherwise and think it, it, it can take you and probably could, it has already learned submission. I remember doing that with Piper and holding her on her back until she would go limp and say, I submit. Jacob, up to this point, has yet to submit to the Lord. He's encountered the Lord more than once. And the Lord has spoken to him. And he's even on his way back to the family. But it's not out of obedience to the Lord. It's out of fear of Laban. It's out of fear of Laban's sons. It's, it's just another escape from a wrestling match. But Jacob not only has not submitted to the Lord, he's still doing things in his own strength. Look at verse 25. Now when he, that's Christ, saw that he did not prevail against him, Jacob, he touched the socket of his hip, 
And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. This is one of those passages that, again, you read it and you're going, what in the world does this mean? What does it mean that he did not prevail against him? I mean, could God not win a wrestling match against Jacob? That seems, seems odd. Of course he could. So what did it mean? What did it mean that he did not prevail against him? It means that Jacob was not submitting to Christ. When, when Piper was that little puppy, and if she just continued to fight, could I have just manhandled and, and I just constantly held her down? Yeah. And I did until what? Until she became submissive. So what does it mean? He did not prevail against him. It meant that Jacob was not ready to submit. So what does Jesus do? What does the Christ do? Jesus touches the socket of Jacob's hip. Now, some have suggested, and I think this is wrongly to suggest this, that Christ couldn't get out of the situation and was like, oh no, what am I going to do? And, you know, touched his hip. Listen, God is never caught by surprise. God is purposeful in all that he does. Christ is purposeful in all that he does. This is not some panic moment on, the, on, on God's behalf where he's going, oh no, what am I going to do? And have I met someone who is, his physical strength is too much for me? No. This is God's way of saying, <laughs> you do realize that I could win this wrestling match, but I'm holding back. All I got to do, boom. And you're, you're out of, you're, your socket is out of joint, your hip is out of place. But Jacob's still not getting the point. God, God in his mercy, God in his grace is trying to say, look how I could do this. I could bring you into submission quite easy and I'm trying to teach you something here but you're not getting it. I can't help but think of the many times even as a father, you know, I would wrestle with Carson when he was much younger and even with Easton at this age. You know, you wrestle with him. You, you roughhouse, you have fun. And there's times that Easton might think he's winning. There's times that Carson, when he was younger, might think that he was winning. Oh, but it's, it, a lot of times it's there for relationship building and often to teach lessons. I don't know if you have seen this video. It's gone viral. Uh, a little kid named Braden and his father. Check this out. Ding, 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 Braden wins. <laughs> ding, 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 Braden wins. Oh, my goodness. Now, how many of you were, one, you were going, oh, my goodness, he's climbing up the chest of, of drawers. 
oh my goodness, it got worse. <laughs> He's now leaning on his head. You know, Jessica's like, do not show this to Carson. And <coughs> listen, could the dad easily, easily have just manhandled Braden? Of course he could. Of course he could. It wasn't the point. The point was these moments are there sometimes as relationship building, sometimes to teach us something. <clears throat> so what is it that God is trying to teach? Let's look at verse 26. And he said, this is Jesus speaking, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, this is Jacob speaking, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now let's just stop there. This is what Jacob has been seeking all along. I can almost hear this audible sigh that Jesus would have made when Jacob made that statement. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Do you hear that? Jacob wanted what? The blessing of his father Isaac. Jacob wanted the blessing of his father-in-law, Laban. Jacob now wants the blessing of God. The problem is this. Jacob doesn't get it. Jacob thinks that the only way that he can be blessed by God or be blessed by others is by deceiving them. He thinks, I've got to deceive you in some way for you to bless me. He's failed to understand that God has already chosen to bless Jacob. God has already said, I have a blessing for you. Jacob doesn't need to convince God of this blessing. He doesn't need to deceive God to receive that blessing. Jacob's declaration was that breakthrough moment. I will not let you go unless you bless me. I am not going to stop wrestling you unless you bless me. <sighs> I can just, you know, Jesus has been just like I would with that puppy all night long, just waiting on that waiting on our dog to just finally just go limp and say, okay, I give in. This is the moment where Jacob shows his hand. Jacob says, here's what I want. I want, it. I want you to bless me. And in verse 27, unless you recognize that this is what Jesus has been waiting for, then the next statement seems kind of strange. Verse 27, Jesus said to Jacob, what is your name? Have you noticed something yet about Jesus and his mode of operation? He always asks questions that he knows the answer to. Every single time. What is your name? He said, Jacob. Now, before we move on, when you ask someone, what does the name Jacob mean? Some are going to say heel grabber. Others are going to say deceiver. 
The idea is both. Probably the most accurate um, definition is one that I've already used in description in wrestling, and that is supplanter. Supplanter. Why, why is that the best description of Jacob? It's both of these. It's both the heel grabber and the deceiver. It means that you are wanting to replace. It's the reversal. It's you want to replace the person or someone else by underhanded means. That's where the deceiving part comes in. That's where the grabbing the heel comes in. It is you're, you're trying to overcome, to overpower someone else, but you're even willing to do it with underhanded means. That has been Jacob's mode of operation. So here we have Jacob and Christ, uh, you know, in this wrestling match with one another. Jacob finally reveals the heart of it. I'm not going to stop wrestling unless you bless me. Christ finally says, this is that teachable moment. Think about this. What's your name? And I can, I, I just picture that if this were a movie, if this were being played out, it would kind of go like this, you know, what's your name? What do you, what do you mean, what's my name? You know my name. No, 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 no. What's your name? What is your name? Jacob. Your name, verse 28, shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asking, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen the face of God, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle that shrank. Do you realize that the blessing of God is already available to you? The blessing of God is already available to you. You don't have to convince him. You don't have to wrestle with him. You don't have to argue. God already desires to be a blessing to you and to bless you. But let me ask you this. Where else in Scripture do we see God restrain his physical strength in order to bring redemption? The cross. Do you realize that any moment those guys that were manhandling Jesus and beating him and spitting on him, that at any moment, the Christ, Jesus, 
could have overpowered them. He could have brought them down just like that. But what did he do? He limited himself, submitted himself to the pain and suffering of this world to bless you, to be a blessing so that we could be blessed. Philippians 2.8 puts it this way. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. One last thought, and then we'll pray together. May each sunrise that we experience remind us of our own brokenness before the Lord as we commune with Him. Let's pray.